Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms, through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Trying something different tonight. I used a quartz crystal to uh, bang on <laughs> our little bell uh, to signal the start of the show. Because I have a big giant piece of quartz crystal that's in, um, what would you call this shape? Just a big point. giant point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's big enough that I... About eight inches long. About eight inches. Six inches long, yeah. Yeah, so it's um, big enough that it works really well as a wand. I found it at a gym and mineral show Mm -hmm. many years ago, and this is what I've used it for for years. One of as a as a wand as a casting tool. So tonight. We are talking about stones and crystals, and we are talking about those that are associated with the sun, and by extension, summer solstice, and with the element of fire. And there are big lists that you can find many places uh, online that have lists of stones and their properties. Some are definitely easier to find in stores. Others, I would argue, are a little more difficult and, in fact, uh, could be quite pricey depending on where you get them. And still others can be mistaken for other kinds of stones, and I'll talk about the three in particular here in just a little bit. But one can't really start talking about uh, stones associated with fire and the sun without talking about quartz, clear quartz crystal. Quartz comes in a lot of different forms. You can certainly find it as most commonly as quartz points, clear quartz points. But many times quartz also includes inclusions of other kinds of minerals that either by themselves or when they are irradiated produce stones such as citrine. There's also amethyst, which I'll talk about in another show, and smoky quartz. You can find them, again, as points. You can find them as part of larger pieces that might be part of a geode. You can find them polished. Occasionally, you can find them in their 
raw form, mm -hmm. unpolished form, and the tumbled stones come in a variety of sizes from little tiny jewelry-type pieces uh, up to big, solid spheres of two to more than two inches, two, four, five inches or more. And, of course, the spheres that are of the highest quality and price would be the ones that would be pure, clear quartz without any inclusions. And that's really pricey and kind of hard to find. And a lot of times stores that might be claiming a stone or sphere is quartz is, in fact, just glass. But quartz has been used by a lot of different cultures for thousands of years. And it is used for projecting or for taking, sometimes also for taking in energy or bringing energy into you. It is associated with protection, with increasing well-being, with also sometimes um, defensive magic. It's used for, it can be used for divination and just a, a host of other, other uses. Besides citrine, it also, uh, citrine and smoky quartz, some of the inclusions that you may find in clear quartz are little shards of a black-type-looking stone. It's called tourmaline, black tourmaline. So you can find tourmalated quartz, which is highly protective. Uh, there's also rutilated quartz. And, again, you can find these as... pieces or points, uh, you can also find them polished. A lot of times I've seen them sold, and I have some, of tourmalated quartz that are little tiny round polished stones that are used for jewelry making. Uh, the ones I have, I think, are about six millimeters in diameter. I've seen variations in the size of some of them. I've also got rutilated quartz that's little chipped, polished chipped pieces that I've also used for jewelry making. And the rutilated quartz in particular is really good for enhancing the power of spell work. So a lot of times if I'm 
doing something like making a a necklace, for example, and I'll talk about jewelry here in a little bit, I if it has other fiery-related stones and I want to, I guess you would say, amp up the power of those stones or what I want to use them for, I will add some related quartz to that necklace to increase the power of what it really is that I want to focus on for that. And stones that are associated with the element of fire are often associated with increase in well-being and your mood, like brightening your mood. They're great for courage, for instilling confidence. They are, many, though not all, are associated with uh, sexual energy or sexual potency, although there's a stone that I'm going to talk about in just a minute that while it is used to help uh, with self-confidence and with public speaking, and you gain the uh, powers of eloquence, uh, some of the folkloric unis, uh, uses were to uh, calm one's sexual drive, which I thought was interesting for a stone that otherwise has these other uses that are very fiery and kind of projective and associated with increase. One of my favorite stones is of the quartz family, and I work with it a lot. I use it often in spell work, is citrine. And it's interesting, kind of depends on who you talk to as to the whether or not irradiated quartz stones have more or less power. Are they a pure form? Uh, do they have the same powers? I don't really know, but for me in particular, I've only ever found stones at stores and even um, like gemstone, what do you call those? Gemstone festivals or... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, shows, mineral shows, that have been irradiated. And so when it's irradiated, it's this kind of darkish yellow color. And, again, just like some of the other stones I just mentioned, you can find them polished, you can find points. Uh, this one, wherever I got it, I have no idea. Um, this is, what, three, four inches? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. Um, I was drawn to it immediately. What's that? Little, about an inch and a half across. Oh yeah, at, at the at the point, at the yeah. top point, yeah. yeah. Um, and I like this stone because on one side of it, it has this little groove that just happens to be the way this crystal broke apart from the rest of the formation, and it's thumb sized. Yeah. At least for my size thumbs, my little wee thumbs, and 
it's great for just holding and concentrating with and meditating with. Um, I I do think it lightens the mood. It kind of brightens your outlook. It just the color itself is brightening and it's warming and it's just mood elevating. Citrine is one of the few stones I've ever read about that allegedly never needs to be cleaned. Yeah. <laughs> there's a cat doing something oh. weird. There's always a there's always a cat doing something weird. And this is a cat that never used to do weird things and now does a lot of weird things. Um she's not sick with anything. She's just just straight. She's just straight. So citrine is definitely on the top of my list of great stones associated with associated with the sun. Another stone that is on the list of my favorite is carnelian. I do have some necklaces that have some carnelian in them and in fact I've got one um, beaded necklace that I'm working on right now and the center stone of this the pendant part of it is actually red eventry which is supposed to be associated with another element but it's red is red this kind of orangey color and if one follows the doctrine of signatures and basic practices with color magic, then in general, stones that are yellow, orange, and red in color are typically associated with fire and warmer, more projective energies and an increase in energy and things along those lines. So in general, that's probably true. There may be books that also have or attribute different properties to Red Adventure. So I'm just putting it out there. So I gathered up all my various round beads of different sizes, you know, that I use for jewelry making. And so in this pendant, I've got darker carnelian that's actually matte. I've got some of this red aventurine. And to switch things up a little bit, I have yellow calcite which is another stone that is associated with the sun. Calcite in general tends to have properties associated with the color of that particular form of calcite, and it's formed by different kinds of minerals. We do have one really big piece that, although it's not a citrine, it is a stone I was immediately drawn to many, many years ago, giant um, sphere of yellow calcite that, in my mind, have I've always uh, linked it to the sun. And again, this is another one of these stones. It's projective. It increases one's energy. It's mood elevating. Uh, great for all of those kinds of positive energies. But 
carnelian is another stone that, again, that I've been drawn to for some time. And it's an interesting stone. It You can find it in varying shades from a lighter shade of orange to something much darker. And the piece that I happened to find in a store quite a few years ago um, has in the middle of it, it's an inclusion. Is this like a little geode kind of a thing? Yeah, it's an opening, a little, a little opening in the stone. Yeah, and um, it's just always, you know, I've been drawn to it. always fascinated me. As a stone, uh, and this particular one is probably what, almost three inches long? Yeah. It's a big egg. It's an egg. And it's highly energetic. Mm -hmm. It is great for instilling courage, self-confidence. It's a good stone to have with you in job interviews because when you're being interviewed, people are asking you lots of questions. So it helps you with eloquence to be a better public speaker. You can have a stone in your pocket. You can do what a lot of women I know do, and they put stones in their bras. Um, I've seen funny little memes. I thought this was what they were for, uh, <laughs> holding stones. Um, I know. I still think it's funny. I haven't seen that meme in a while, but it's still funny. Um it is also associated with success. So when looking for jobs, doing job searches, this is a good stone you can have like maybe next to your computer or on your computer to be successful in job searches or really any endeavor that you're doing. It helps to dispel, or dispel, is the word? Dispel, <laughs> not dispel. Uh, dispel or lessen anger, jealousy, envy, and hatred. And so because it can be used for those purposes, it in fact helps to promote peace and harmony. Now typically you see stones that are blue or purple uh, or even pink like rose quartz, um, sodalite, blue lace agate, being stones that are associated with promoting peace. Um, so it's interesting to have a stone that's associated with the sun and fire that's a projective stone uh, being used in this form. It can also help to counteract doubt and negative thoughts. And it helps to confer patience. So when helping to confer patience, it probably, I would say that um, it dispels more of the frenetic 
energy that people tend to have when they're losing patience with something, getting frustrated, getting anger, angry at something. This is also a protective stone, and it is or can be carried to to guard against um, others who try to read your thoughts. And in Renaissance times, Carnelian was engraved with a sword or a, an image of a warrior, and then the amulet was placed in the home to guard it from lightning and storms, and then carried uh, to protect the wearer against uh, being enchanted. Uh, it's also used to halt nightmares. So there's a lot of uh, really good uses with carnelian. And the stones I'm talking about tonight are stones that are, I'm going to call them more common. They're easier to find at various New Age stores or in online stores. And... It shouldn't break the bank unless you are specifically looking for very large quartz points or looking for um, large spheres of a you know different size, particular size, or something along those lines. You can find them, but again, they they will cost. So some of the best stones I have are just polished stones. I've found different places, different stores, New Age stores, at Pagan Pride Day festivals, other pagan events, et cetera, et cetera. So, again, you don't have to spend a huge amount of money to get, like, a basic set of stones, maybe six, eight tops that are a good place for you to start. And if you are a stone hound like I am, you can't help but pick up one or two along the way when you see a good deal or something that really catches your eye. Now, in the quartz family, there's also smoky quartz, and smoky quartz is a stone that is associated with defensive magic. It is, when you find it, if you happen to find it any place in its raw form where it has not been irradiated, it's actually a pretty pale uh, gray stone. At, at one end, it'll be more of a pale gray color and it's fading to the solid white or white with inclusions of the clearer end of the quartz stone. Again, a lot of times, though, in stores, you tend to find smoky, smoky quartz already uh, irradiated. So it's going to have a darker color to it. So smoky quartz is, again, it's associated with, Defensive magic, 
with protection, with uh, dispelling negative energy. I've also read it that is a stone that can also be used to help dispel nightmares or ill-wishing, those kinds of things. It is also used, uh, it can be used for grounding as well. It is also, or can also be used to send harmful energy back to its sender. It can overcome depression and other negative emotions, especially that negative I don't know what you call it, the negative self-speak that people do, those negative thoughts in your head that get in your head that, oh, can be really difficult to get rid of. That's a good uh, use for smoky quartz. And for many, when you see the term defensive magic or when you see the term uh, protection, by extension, not for all stones, but I think for a lot in this category, you can also use it, again, to send that harmful energy back to the sender. And if you don't know who it is, you can say just back out to the universe. And in that way, it is good for banishing types of work. Now, stones in general that are related to, that are sun-oriented and or associated specifically with fire, that are associated with wealth and prosperity would include stones like gold, tiger's eye. Um, Citrine is certainly one of them, but gold specifically, gold, tiger's eye, pyrite, There's a related stone called tiger iron. I'll talk about that in just a minute. And even stones like peridot and carnelian, like I just mentioned, are good for attracting things to you, positive things to you. Gold tiger's eye and pyrite in particular. Pyrite is also called fool's gold. Um, I have found it in a lot of different forms. You don't typically see it polished, but sometimes you can find it polished. But because of the way pyrite forms, uh, it tends to be um, in chunks or fragmented pieces a lot. So you tend to find it uh, in stores unpolished, in little chunks. And it's got, it's kind of silvery, kind of goldish looking, and it's long been associated with um, money and wealth and prosperity. 
again, somewhere years ago, and I tell you, I'm never really sure where I find some of the stones I find, but in some New Age or pagan store somewhere years ago, I found a sphere made out of pyrite, and it's not a completely smooth polished stones. It's got these little inclusions from the way pyrite forms. So it's highly unlikely you'll ever find um, a piece of pyrite that's completely smooth because the way the crystals form, it just forms this very regular, square, rectangular-ish type of uh, structure. It is heavy in iron, and so it is very dense, not unlike hematite, but because of its sparkly nature, it uh, attracts wealth, attracts money, it uh, attracts success and luck. It's good for all kinds of prosperity magic, and um, I think it's also just good for luck and success in general. So if you're doing any kind of spell work where it it may not even be job or money oriented, just success in some sort of endeavor that you're involved in, pyrite's a good uh, little stone to add to your altar or to carry in a pocket or maybe if you happen to find a little pendant uh, made out of pyrite, that's great too, something to wear. Although really I haven't seen too many pendants. I've not looked that hard. But most of the time, I just find pieces of pyrite of various sizes in different stores and whatnot. So pyrite, great for money and bringing money in and luck and prosperity, abundance. And again, abundance doesn't have to be only money-related. It can be to increase abundance of different types in your life. It's about bringing or increasing gain in your life. Gold tiger's eye is another one of these stones. It's really, it's a multi-purpose stone. I mean, you can charge it for very specific purposes, but it's got a lot of different uses. And while it is also very protective as a projective sun, sunny, uh, sun-associated fiery stone. It is also associated with luck and money and wealth and increase, um, job-oriented stuff. I have carried many a tiger's eye stone in my pocket, uh, pockets, uh, over the years in, uh, in job interviews, and yes, I've put them in my bra too because, well, it is <laughs> an easy, convenient way to store stones, and we know how women's pants are with their lack of pockets. So money, luck, uh, again, abundance. It's also good for courage, for increasing one's energy, personal energy, and it promotes, in particular, it promotes energy flow through the body when it is worn. Or again, when you carry it 
and you wear the stone, however you're going to wear it or carry it, close to your skin. Uh, it is also beneficial for the weak or sick. So if you are sick or you are in the healing process of some sort of illness or medical condition, then tiger's eye, gold tiger's eye in particular, could be beneficial. Because it's associated with courage, it is worn or can be worn to help strengthen your personal convictions and help increase your personal confidence. As I said before, though, this is a stone that is also associated with protection. So it is a multi-purpose stone. And when working with stones, now I've used various sources to do my research for this particular show and my own personal use of stones over the years. You will find, however, that if you read in a book, and the book that I've got here is Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Crystal Gem and Metal Magic. And mine is a much earlier version. There is um, a later edition, a more modern edition. It's got a different cover than the one I have. And it's also got more colored pictures, which is really useful. If you've never seen these stones, you don't know what they look like. Although now, with the Internet, it's a lot easier to look up information on stones and what they look like. <clears throat> I have seen spheres. Uh, most of the time, I just see them in the form of polished stones, tumbled stones. And I have plenty of those, but the one I have with me right now, it's um, it was carved into what looks like, to me anyway, um, a mountain lion. So... I keep this in the south. I've got a little altar I keep on the coffee table. And amazingly, the cats really don't mess with it all that much. Um, and because it's associated with fire, um, I have it in the southward facing direction of my, of my altar. And so I always think of this as a stone of warmth, and vitality, um, definitely protection as well. Another stone that does not is not formed the same way that many other stones are formed, but it is associated with fire, <clears throat> is amber. And amber, again, is one of these stones that if you can find it, and it is actual amber, and not something that's reconstituted or something that feels more like plastic beads instead of real amber, um, it can be a little hard to find 
because of that. As such, if you find amber sold in many New Age stores, it's going to be a little more pricey because it is harder to come by. And amber in and of itself uh, is formed from fossilized tree sap. And to be specific, it is tree sap of trees that were hundreds of millions of years ago during the Carboniferous stage of life on the planet. And so those stones, so that resin, um, as it oozed out of the bark of that particular tree, it's uh, called a gymnosperm. It is an ancient tree. Um, and the descendants of those trees are today's pine, fern, spruce trees. If you are lucky enough to find a piece of amber with a little bit of plant matter or, better yet, an insect, those are exceedingly rare and they can be really pricey. Amber can range in color from a very pale yellow to a very dark, well, amber color, very dark orangish color. It is very lightweight, and often, like the piece that I have, does have bits of, it looks like, sand and Maybe, maybe a little bit of, a little tiny bit of, um, it could be plant matter, or it just could be sand and little pieces of dirt from millions of years ago. But because of its color, it is definitely associated with fire and sun, even though it's not formed in the bowels of the earth per se, not like some of these other stones. But it is a stone that is associated with, so yes, it's not, it may not be a stone strictly piecing, uh, strictly speaking, but it is um, fossilized and it is hard. So, here in the book that I've got, it it is part of the category of of being uh, associated with other stones. It's good for luck. It's good for strength, again, strength and vitality, and... good for healing, and this is a little more unusual, probably because of its other properties, because it's made from fossilized amber, uh, beauty and love, which I think is kind of cool. 
Um, sometimes you'll hear uh, the term akasha or the akashic element, and in a sense, um, sometimes it's referred to as the fifth element, and that governs and binds together the uh, the four elements: earth, air, fire, and water. And so one could make the argument that it's the ultimate source of those other elements. Uh, it's also a symbol of life and of living things. And if you happen to be lucky enough to find a piece of amber, it can be associated with fire, but I've also associated it with the element of earth because it came from a tree. And the the resin of a tree, the sap from a tree. And unlike the other stones, which some of them you can grind up into smaller pieces with quartz, it'd be really difficult to do. But amber is more delicate, and it can actually be ground up and powdered and added to uh, instance blends or into a bottle of oil that you've maybe added, uh, bits of plant or other resins like frankincense or essential oils to. It's worth noting that amber is something that people have been wearing for thousands of years. And beads and pendants of amber have been found in grave sites dating back to as far back as um, 8000 BCE. So humans have been drawn to this particular stone um, for thousands of years. But it is kind of hard to come by. And as a stone, it was also associated with fertility, um, used to help combat impotency. Um, men would wear amber figures of lions and dogs, dragons, to help com combat their own impotency. Um, Amber has also played a role in helping to dispel disease. And the amber powder was burned during childbirth, and it was also worn, or beads of amber were also um, put above like a baby's crib to protect the baby. Um, people who use amber have worn uh, the beads to help strengthen their spell work. Uh, it can be, and in the past, it's been shamans and witches and people who are just magical practitioners in general. And amber placed on the altar 
will help to increase the the effectiveness, the effectiveness of your spell work. So, if you can find it, um, hold on to it and find the biggest piece that you can afford and keep it as part of your regular uh, accoutrement of magical goodies because this is a stone that works, I think, personally very well to increase energy of whatever your magical endeavors are doing. And so as I just mentioned, you can take amber and you can grind it up and maybe add a tiny pinch of it to an incense blend or into a magical oil that you've concocted, or you can keep it as part of your one of your main central altar stones to help keep that um, whatever you're doing energized. So the last few stones I'm going to talk about, because I'm already at 845, are stones associated with fire. I thought I would add these in, even though the list associated of stones associated with the sun um, also includes stones like sunstone, which I've seen it discussed in books coming from two different sources. Uh, but is again, the name associated with the sun, uh, golden mica. Uh, again, I've mentioned yellow calcite. There is a form of selenite, which I've never seen, uh, but I've only seen it in books. It's called orange selenite. It's also associated with the sun. Um, likewise, and I forgot about it until I reread it from Cunningham's book, Diamonds. Diamonds are associated with the sun. If you happen to have a bit of jewelry with diamond in it, great. You can wear it to help increase the potency of whatever it is that you're doing, magically speaking. But um, do I even have anything with diamonds? Um, Maybe? I don't know. Um, It's not a stone I work with because, well, it's really expensive. And there's so many other stones out there that have great magical properties associated with them. Now, stones that are associated with the sun and also fire, you know, a lot of these are going to fall into that category. But in particular, stones that are associated with uh, fire would also include red ruby, Ruby doesn't only come in the color red. The stone is called corundum, and it can you can find pink and shades of blue. But when we think of ruby, we think of that deep red color. Uh, also, garnet, um, red jasper, hematite. So all of these are associated with fire, and like pyrite. Hematite is very, it's a very dense stone. It is, <clears throat> uh, I think it'd be, maybe it's only certain forms of hematite, 
or maybe it's all hematite. Because its iron content is so high, it can be magnetized, which I find interesting. I've found it mostly in uh, the form of polished stones. I've got, we've got hematite, a hematite egg. We've got hematite spheres as well. This is, to me personally, a very powerful stone for grounding. If you have had just a stressful, emotionally wrought day, you're just kind of in mm, a bad place, just bad mood, um, grab a piece of hematite and hold it in your hand and just breathe and just focus on that stone in your hand and feel and focus on that stressful, negative, chaotic energy leaving your body, moving out of your body through your hand and into the stone. I can't tell you how many times over the years it is one of the stones I just instinctively go to to pick up when I've had a stressful day or just had a stressful situation dealing with somebody. It is that grounding for me. Now, it may not be that way for you, but... If you haven't worked with it, I would say give it a try. The sheer density of the stone, I think, lends to that power of, of its ability to ground. So as a result, it's also really good for uh, absorbing just negative energy, chaotic energy, harmful energy, however you want to term it. Um, <clears throat> just don't... Again, dispelling these negative thoughts. It's good for protection. It's also good for banishing negative energy from your home, from your personal space, your altar space, from you, etc. The red jasper is a stone that's also good for defensive magic. And you can find red jasper in a number of different forms. Sometimes it's more of a a reddish-brown color. Other times it is more what I would call just a, just a dark red color. And a lot of times you'll also find these kind of striations, these darker... Uh, stripes of maybe a darker red or sometimes other elements like um, solid white stone, which is often calcium, that you will also find in red jasper. It is great for defensive magic, personally, for me. Again, I'm going to say, I have to, you know, preface that by saying, for me, it is, and I've always been drawn to it 
as a stone for defensive magic. However, in what's really interesting is that in all of the books I've ever read and things I've found online, um, more people tend to use it for things of a uh, sexual slash romantic nature. I happen not to. Um, I've never been drawn to it that way. But it is, for me personally, uh, great as a defensive magic stone for sending harmful magic back to its sender, its whatever negativity. And even if you don't know, and if it's just a horrible, crappy day you've had, or a series of days, or what have you, I personally find it's a good stone to have on your altar, to wear it with you, to charge it, and then carry it, um, or just charge it and keep it with you as you're doing some sort of uh, working to specifically take whatever negativity is in your life and just send it back out to the user or whoever sent that negativity to you. If you don't know, you can send it out back out to the universe. So in that aspect, it is highly protective. Now, Jasper does come in a lot of different colors as well, and like some other kinds of stones, the color, like calcite, for example, the color of the Jasper, uh, it tends to be associated with specific magical uses, like green Jasper or blue Jasper or what have you. Jasper uh, was engraved in ancient times, was engraved with images of lions or archers and carried to guard against poison and to cure fevers. So there is some um, historical folkloric use of Jasper uh, for certain medicinal things. Um, it's also carried or used during healing and health spells. So it does have generalized properties associated with that as well. Uh, some women also have worn it to promote beauty and grace. Um, again, for me personally, I've associated it with other things, but if you've never worked with it uh, and you happen to see it, it's fairly inexpensive. You typically can find it um, in the form of a tumbled stone for just a few bucks and, you know, usually half an inch, two an inch long, what have you. And I would say experiment with it, work with it. And for all of these stones, don't break the bank. Don't find the biggest, hugest piece. 
if you want to experiment and start working with stones, especially stones, stones associated with fire, start small. Again, maybe four or five pieces, not too many. Things that might also have uh, multiple uses, like um, protection and healing, or protection and uh, uses for increasing wealth, prosperity, luck, success, etc. And for all of these stones, you can keep it simple and charge the stone for a specific purpose. Or if you want to just work with the stone, you can do some short meditative journeys or guided journeys with the stone where you focus it. Focus your intention on the stone. Get into a nice, deep, uh, breathing, meditative state. And then as you do so, let whatever thoughts and impressions and feelings come to you from that stone. It is a small first step, but it is a step to take in increasing your connection to stone spirit helpers or stone spirit guides, however you want to term it. And from there, you can incorporate it more often. Again, carry it with you for spell work. You can do a few different things. The exception of amber, most of these stones are too hard to try to crush into small, tiny little pieces. But what you can do is if you're doing magical workings where you're incorporating the use of candles of different types, you can charge these stones and place them around your candles. And once the candles burn down, then you can take that stone and also carry it with you. You can carry them in your pocket loose. You can put them in a colored pouch of a particular type. Uh, it can be a cloth pouch, cotton or linen, um, maybe leather or something along those lines. The, the materials are virtually endless. You can also add stones, depending on the size, to charm bags, which often will also have a variety of herbs associated with a particular uh, magical use. Lastly, if these are stones that might have benefits to helping dispel nightmares, bad dreams, you can charge the stone and place it under your pillow at night. So this is just a short list of a much longer list of many different stones. I did not talk about onyx or obsidian. They look similar. They are not made. Their, their uh, mineral structure is different. Obsidian 
Uh, sometimes it's called Apache Tears. It's also called Volcanic Glass. When you hold it up to the light, uh, light can shine through it. And that's one of the big things that is the difference in being able to tell the difference between obsidian and onyx. But these stones in particular are really also very good at defensive magic. They're great for protection. And if hematite doesn't work well for you as a grounding stone, then one of these stones, onyx, black onyx, or obsidian, might also be a good substitute for you to work with as a grounding stone. And likewise, these are also good for banishing and other forms of defensive magic. So I hope you enjoyed tonight's primer and introduction into the world of fiery stones of sun and summer solstice. And, of course, I would like to thank Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve for allowing us to be able to host this show and all the other shows on Circle Sanctuary Network Network Podcasts. Uh, coming up this weekend uh, on Nature Mystic, again, these are the encore presentations of shows, uh, previous shows from Selena Fox's Nature Spirituality show and other uh, previous shows. And for this Sunday, June 19th, uh, the show is Summer Solstice Around the World. And the Nature Mystic show always airs at 7 p.m. Central, or 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central Time. On June 20th, um, on Lunatic Mondays, will be uh, Laura Gonzalez's uh, social justice series on LGBTQ and Pride events around the world and the um, the history of the Pride movement and Pride. Um, activities that go on all around the world. On June 21st is, on Circle Talk with Deborah Rose, is Lisa Wagner. And tomorrow, last but not least, on our new show, which is the Blue Marble Podcast, hosted by Reverend Char Bear, and that is tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Circle Sanctuary ministers uh, Andrew Bear and Charlotte Bear um, talked about, and we'll be talking about what everyone needs to know about global warming and the difference between global warming and climate change. So if you are unsure what they are, what the differences are, and how it's caused, what the crisis 
is and how it impacts all kinds of life around the planet, um, I urge you to tune in to that show tomorrow night. And, of course, with all Circle Sanctuary Network podcast shows, once they air, they're automatically archived, and you can go to Circle Sanctuary's website, and under our work in the drop-down menu, there's a whole section just on CSNP, and it has all of the shows that have recently played and the shows that will be coming up. So again, thank you very much for listening in. And tonight, because we're talking about the fire sounds of uh, sources of fire and sun and all things fiery, we're going to take this out with Spiral Rhythm and the song is Pele Rising. Have a great night. No kahiki mai kawahine opele. Mai ka aina mai opola pola. Mai kapunohu akane. Mai kea olapa i kalani. The woman Pele comes from Kahiki, from the land of Pola Pola, from the rising mist of Kane, from the clouds that move in the sky. Beneath in the earth, the drum beats loud, smoke floats up, dark black cloud rising, rising, rising. Ah, Pele! Deep in the earth, the drum beats low, pulsing in time to a crimson glow.
Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary BDW void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus